Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church here in Evansville, Indiana. We are coming near the end of this first quarter of our focus on this podcast, which has been the Bible. And we have just a few more of those coming up. We've actually spoken one time about a topic similar to today's topic, but I thought today's topic deserves some specialized attention. We've talked about being doers of the word, if you remember that. This is similar, but what we want to talk about today is the Bible and meditation. I have heard from at least one believer, probably from several, and you have probably felt this before. Why does it feel like in a context like ours, sometimes I have on this one side so much rich theological, biblical knowledge, such that I should be a super Christian. I've got thick theological books. I've got Bibles on my shelf. I get good preaching, teaching. I'm hearing God's word. I'm reading God's word. I've got so much input, but why does it feel like that's on one side of my life? And often, separated from all of that on the other side is my actual life. Why does it feel like it's not penetrating onto a heart level and I'm not living out what I'm reading and the rich theology that I take in? Today I have with me Mike Schaus. To give it a little more clarity, I want to ask Mike, Mike, what are some ways that you see this, that you see even us as a local body knowing truth but not doing it? So we know without doing. You know, anytime we know a verse, the truth of a verse, and we willingly decide to not live it, we are doing that. You know, I know the verse, be anxious for nothing, but yet I allow myself to become succumbed by anxiety. You know, since you phrased it um, as a local body, you know, how, do, how are we as a local body, you know, how do we know without doing, uh, we talked about this earlier, uh, an earlier podcast, but when our church split, obviously there was a disconnect there. But here we had you know, leaders in the church who refused to even consider reconciliation. You know, it's too late. <laughs> they uh, wouldn't meet, right? Refused to meet with an impartial mediator. And, you know, what message is that sending, uh, let's say, to a couple that's considering divorce, you know, to the wife who does not want in her heart to reconcile with her husband, you know, because she doesn't see how what she is experiencing now could ever change. But we know that it can, right? God can reconcile them together just as he reconciles us to himself and reconciles us to each other as a unity in the body of Christ. So you can see that often there can be the separation between what we know and what we do. The big question for our life then is, how do we bridge the gap? I want to say on today's podcast that the answer to bridging that gap is, number one, not getting more theological input. I know. I said on a previous episode, make sure you're getting more theological input. So please do that. But what I'm saying is that by itself 
is not going to bridge the gap. It's just going to add to one side of the equation. If you want this to be flowing into every part of your life, the answer is what a friend and counselor, Scott O'Malley, he came here for a marriage conference once and taught, what he's described as what bridges the gap between what we know and who we are, it is meditation. If that's true, then you're going to want to know what meditation is. Most of you are probably aware that we're using this word differently than the culture at large uses it. In the culture, you will hear meditation most often associated with new age thought. Meditation is something that's a part of yoga, for example. And usually in the culture, you are emptying your mind. Biblical Christian meditation is actually just the opposite. It's where you fill your mind with the Bible in a very specific way. Thinking about how to describe this, I can't resist. But go back to the Puritans. They had a way of putting this that I've often come across, and it's not a metaphor we use anymore, but I like it. They drew on Leviticus chapter 11, verse 3, which says, Whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. That is Israel's dietary law. And notice the only animals Israel could eat had to split the hoof, had to have two parts to their hoof, and had to chew the cud. The Puritans like to say, and this is not the spiritual meaning of this text, I almost guarantee you, but it's a good picture. Just take it as a picture. The Puritans like to say that to live a holy life, you have to do both those things like the clean animals. So number one, the splitting of the hoof, you have to separate from sin. That's holy living. So you can remember that with the split hoof of a camel or something else. But the second piece, chewed the cud. How do you chew the cud? (laughs) It's a beautiful picture. They would refer that to meditation. I think that's a great visual for what we're talking about with meditation. It is taking the Bible just like a cow would take grass. You'd take a big mouthful of it, and then you'd see the cow just start chewing and chewing and salivating and chewing and chewing. And if you know about cows, they swallow it. And what happens next, I won't describe, but there's more chewing involved. That is what we mean by meditation. You take a passage of God's word, a verse like, don't be anxious, that Mike mentioned, or another, and then you begin chewing and chewing and chewing on it. Here's uh, my definition of meditation that I just wrote down and This is basically the point of this podcast that I want you to get. Here's meditation. Prayerfully turning passages or principles of Scripture over and over in your mind until you awaken to them. Sometimes our Bible study and reading in a theologically rich context like we are in in America today can be like inhaling food. I mean, it's like taking rich theology and just sucking it down and moving on, reading quickly and moving on to other parts of our life. But that's not going to give you nutrient. Chewing the cud means you need to take passages of scripture, prayerfully turn those passages or principles from passages, God's sovereignty, there's a principle, and you have to turn it over and over in your mind. Think about it from this angle. Think about it from that angle. If you're a handyman and you're working on some plumbing and you get stuck and you don't know what's wrong, why isn't the water flowing through, what's clogging it, what's causing the problem, what do you do? You meditate. You then begin thinking, hmm, what could the problem be? You think about it from this angle, you look at it from that angle. This is the same thing. You are 
looking at scripture or its principles and meditating. You're chewing, 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 thinking, thinking. I said until you awaken to those passages or principles. I was tempted to put until those things become real to you, but those things are already real. You're the one who's not real. (laughs) You're the one who's trying to wake up and see the realities of the spiritual world presented to you in scripture, and that takes time chewing the cud. Sometimes also, if you want to bridge the gap between knowing and doing, you have to have the spirit of Jacob when he wrestled the angel of the Lord before he encountered Esau again. And you may remember that the angel in the morning said, let me go. And Jacob grabbed him and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Sometimes we need to treat passages of scripture just like that. Do not be anxious about anything. You could just suck that down and move on. It's going to hurt your spiritual digestion. Alternatively, you can grab that, write it on a note card, stick it in your pocket, And you grab onto that and you say, I am not letting you go until I do what is commanded in this passage. That is another way of turning um, what you know into what you do. Now, I want to close out this brief podcast by just talking more specifically. Okay, that's what meditation is, chewing the cud. But how do you do that? And for the beginning of an answer, I want to turn this over to you, Mike. How do we, or how do you even, meditate on scripture. Any examples? You know, um, years ago, before my youngest son, Finn, was born, we lost a child in utero. His um, umbilical cord had gotten twisted, and he died there in the womb. And after delivery, my wife, you know, who's already broken from the loss of this child, had those feelings amplified through a postpartum depression. And here I am, trying to make sense out of all this. You know, why would God make my dear wife go through this? I could not understand, you know, why this was happening. It made no sense. And all I could do was repeat the verse, Romans 8, over and over again. You know, this is happening for our good. I can't understand it. I can't see it. It seems so dark and far away from good, like the opposite of good. But I believe and trust in God, and I know His Word is infallible. And so I just clung to that verse. And years later, you know, when our church split, I used the same verse over and over again. Actually, my wife and I both used the same verse uh, over and over again. It, it made no sense. It also seems so dark, you know, but we knew God is sovereign, and somehow He is using this for our good, for the good of our church. I like your example, Mike not just because of how meaningful uh, it was, how powerful that situation, and you're applying scripture even there. That's very significant, but also because of the verse you used in Romans 8, 28. That is a verse, if someone's not sure where to go, they want to be a doer of the word, and they want to meditate on the Bible, and they don't know where. Go to Romans 8, 28. There is no way that does not apply to your life right now. Everything working for good. A few other ways that we can meditate. Mike's example is great. You just keep scripture in mind. Go over and over and over it. Think about it. Pray about it. Apply it. One way I like to meditate on scripture, uh, for example, when I'm preparing to preach, is I like to print out the passage I'm going to preach on a very narrow column on a piece of paper. So, for, next line, we know, next line, that all things... Next line, work together, next line, for good, 
And I will take that after I've done some studying of the passage. Sometimes I'll just go to a wooded area, to the church auditorium if no one's here, or just sitting at my desk or kneeling, and I will go line by line and just turn it over and over and over in my mind, turn it into prayer, try to feel the reality of it, if that makes sense. That's very helpful. So that's one way to do it. You don't even have to print something. You can do that just in your Bible. Take a word, two words, then move on to the next. Another way to meditate practically is to journal. So I would encourage you to get a journal. If you've not done this, at least try it. See if it doesn't work for you. Journaling your reactions to Scripture, your daily reading time, I think you'll find that makes it much more rich. Another way that Donald Whitney from Southern Seminary taught us when he came here years ago was praying scripture. Take Psalm 23 and read one line and then pray whatever comes to mind. Think about it, meditate on it, turn it into prayer, and when you've run out of things to say, then you take the next line and go all the way through a psalm or another passage of scripture. One of the best ways is to memorize it because in memorizing scripture, you have to meditate on it. You have to think about every word. So even if you forget old verses you've memorized, don't be discouraged. That's actually okay if you don't have the time to review them all because you are meditating on Scripture even as you memorize it. Lastly, there are lots of tools. You can Google them or ask someone. One easy one is the SPEC method, S-P-E-C-K. You read a passage of Scripture and study it, but instead of just closing your Bible, walking away, to make sure that you apply it, you can ask these questions. Number one, S, is there a sin to confess in this passage? P, is there a promise to believe, to claim? E, is there an example I need to follow? C, is there a command I need to obey? K, is there knowledge or knowledge about God that I need to believe and take in? There are many other ways to meditate on scripture. Perhaps for you, this has not been a common practice and you are just sucking in your meal like a voracious teenager before school, in which case you need to stop that (laughs) and you need to stop thinking that way about the Bible. Start meditating on it, apply it to your life, obey its commands, let it seep into every part of you. Stop thinking the other way and may God help us to think this way. 